Awesome. Kayasa, it's so good to be back. I can see most of you. The lights are a little bright, but it's so good to be here. I want to start off tonight by telling you a juicy story. Are you ready? Okay. When I was in eighth grade, I had a very unhealthy relationship. This unhealthy relationship was with this guy named Nick. And honestly, at first, Nick was great in so many ways. We hung out together. I learned so much about him. I loved spending time with Nick. Anyone like to hang out with other people? Other people you might like? Yes. I loved hanging out with Nick. It was so fun. And get this. The summer after my eighth grade year, my parents and I and my brother went to Colorado for a family vacation. Anyone been to Colorado before? All right, I see some hands out there. And guess what? They let Nick come too. I was so excited, so we went out to Colorado for this family vacation. And it was on this family vacation that I actually realized my relationship with Nick was pretty unhealthy. Because you see, one day on family vacation in Colorado, we went up to the top of Pikes Peak. Anyone been to Pikes Peak before? Okay, some of you. So my parents were like, Kristen, we're going to hop on this train and we're going to ride to the top of Pikes Peak and we're going to enjoy this really pretty view. So we got on this train and I kid you not, the entire train ride, I did not look out the window once. All I did was talk with Nick. All I did was hang out with Nick. And my parents... And my brother kept saying, Kristen, look out the window. Kristen, look at the mountains. Kristen, look at the clouds. Kristen, this is incredible. Kristen, don't miss this. And I legit remember saying to them in a very unkind way, Mom, leave me alone. I'm busy hanging out with Nick. And I legit refused to even look out the window. And then when we got to the top of the mountain, I was so cold that I ran inside of this like little lodge gift shop place to get some hot chocolate and warm up. And Nick and I just hung out in there together for like 15 minutes. And my mom came into the gift shop and she said, Kristen, go outside. We're literally 14,114 feet above sea level and you are drinking hot chocolate in a gift shop with Nick. You need to go outside. So I went outside reluctantly and I still found myself way more invested in my relationship with Nick than I did in the mountains and the clouds and the beauty that surrounded me. And it's at this point in the story that I'm here to tell you that no, Nick was not my boyfriend. Nick was in fact Nicholas Sparks, the author of the book Dear John, the book that I was currently reading at that time. And I even have a picture to prove that my obsession with this book was over the top. That's me on top of Pike's Peak with a book. It was crazy. So I kid you not, I had an unhealthy relationship with this book, right? And this book itself isn't bad. This book, in fact, was really good. Anyone read Dear John before by Nicholas Sparks? I see you ladies out there. Yeah, if you know, you know, it's real good. But looking back, I had an unhealthy relationship with this book for three reasons. One, I wasn't present. I had my eyes in Colorado glued to the pages of this book instead of actually connecting with my family around me. Two, I wasn't real. And by that, I mean I was legit living in a fake reality. I wasn't, it wasn't bad of me to be invested in the story in the pages I was reading, but I continued to choose a fake connection with a book instead of choosing the real connections with my family around me. 
And three, I wasn't kind. I was straight up mean to my parents and my brother. Boo me, I should not have done that. And honestly, looking back on this vacation in eighth grade, I'm really sad. I'm bummed that when I think about Colorado and I think about, I think about this book, I think about Nicholas Sparks, and I don't think about the time I spent with my family or being in God's creation. And I think if I would have had a healthy relationship with this book, I think my story would be a little bit different. And so tonight, we are jumping into the second week of a series called Hashtag Trending, and we're going to talk about something that impacts all of our lives every single day, almost every single second. And this is something that we get the power to choose to either have a healthy or an unhealthy relationship with. And as Brenna said, we're going to talk about our phones and social media. And before I dive in, I want a disclaimer that tonight, whenever I say the word phone, know that I'm using that one word kind of as an umbrella to talk about all that exists underneath and within our world of technology. So when I say the word phone, I'm talking about social media, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, video games, laptops, iPods, iPads, screens. I'm talking about it all, but I'm going to just use the word phone because that would be a lot to say in a sentence. But before I dive in, I want you to hear me loud and clear that phones aren't inherently bad. Social media is not inherently bad. In fact, I love my phone, and I really do enjoy social media. Phones and social media are incredible inventions that allow us to capture the world and connect with friends in an instant, and so much more. But you know, and I know, that our relationships with our phones and social media can become unhealthy. These relationships can make us feel and become distant and fake and unkind. And when we are distant and fake and unkind, the world around us actually becomes distant and fake and unkind. And honestly, we live in that kind of world right now. It's gross. It sucks. It makes me really sad, and I can only think about how our stories could be different if we had healthy relationships with our phones. And I can only imagine what the world would look like and how we would see our powerful, loving, kind God at work within us and around us. Because I believe that God cares about this. I believe that God deeply cares about our relationships with our phones because he knows that our relationships with our phones deeply impact our relationships with each other and our relationship with ourselves, and most importantly, our relationship with him. And so even though the world might try to tell you differently, I really do think we can be the generation that has healthy and God-honoring relationships with our phones. And these relationships will only help us be more present and more real and more kind. And so first, we're going to talk about more present. What does it mean to be more present? Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Be still, be here, be present. Our phones can help us be more present than ever before, but they can also help us be more distant. When we constantly have our eyes glued to a phone and we're scrolling through TikTok, or if you're me, I'm addicted to Instagram Reels at 2 a.m., anyone else? Nope, just me. Okay, I'll take that. We actually miss out. When we are scrolling, we actually miss out right 
what's in front of us. We miss out on being present right here. Because remember when I was obsessed with Nicholas Sparks in Colorado, I legit missed out on the mountains. I missed out on the beauty and the wonder of the clouds and the creation, and I missed out on being present in that moment. And I wish I would have just put down the book and chose to be present in that moment. And I think I would have learned a lot about myself and a lot about God, the creator of the mountains. But on the flip side of that, my phone has also made me more present and more available than ever before. So my friend Lexi, she moved to Wisconsin, and she and I are able to continue our friendship because of technology. And she sends me the cutest pictures of her seven-month-old baby daily, and I am here for that. So thank you, technology. Yes! Yes! See? It can be so good. Also, how many of you uh, had a Zoom Christmas? Anyone else have a Zoom Christmas? Just me? Okay. So my family hasn't seen each other for two years, but we were able to be present together via Zoom. Or I think about how technology helped me when I saw on Instagram that my friend Kelly, I saw that her grandma passed away, and I was able to immediately be present with her by sending her an encouraging text. Right? So I want you to think about this question. Is your phone and social media helping you be more present? Because when we take the step to being more present, I believe that allows us to be more real. And so we're going to talk about more real next. It's so easy to get consumed by the fake world that exists within our phones. Have you ever thought about it that way before? That it's kind of like a book where there are characters and storylines and assumptions and maybe predictions about what's going to happen next, but there's no real connection. There's no real eye contact. There's no real sense of acceptance or belonging or love or courage. I mean, think about video games for a second. This guy named Ross Moore says, video games, especially those where there is warfare, such as Call of Duty, promises adrenaline without danger. A man obsessed with violent gaming can learn to fight everyone and no one. Or what about pornography? This is another fake connection available right at our fingertips. Pornography promises pleasure without intimacy. A man or a woman who learns to be a lover through porn will simultaneously love everyone and no one. And Ross goes on to say that this generation is mirrored in fake love and fake war. And that is dangerous. And so although our phones and social media and video games offer opportunities for real connection, I do believe that, more often than not, we have to remember the fake love and fake war and fake connections and the fake realities that our devices offer and how constantly living in this fake world only causes more disconnect, more pain, more bullying, more shame, more hurt, more comparison, more loneliness. And friends, here's the deal. I'm 100% guilty of choosing to live in this fake world instead of my real world. I find myself wanting to escape by scrolling for hours on TikTok or desiring that boy to text me back or playing Wordle at 12 a.m. because I want to be part of what everyone else is doing, right? But at the same time, I'm sick of it. 
I'm sick of living in this fake world. I'm sick of people being fake. I'm sick of myself being fake. And something that I super appreciate about your generation, from college students, high school students, junior high students, is that y'all can see right through the fake. Your generation, like none before, desires and wants real, authentic, kind, present, honest relationships. And I actually believe that it takes some courage inside of me, inside of us, to choose the real world. And that has, like, we have to choose the real world that has the opportunity for incredible, authentic connections instead of choosing the fake world. world. And that is so hard. But in John 16, b Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Friends, the good news is that Jesus has already overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the fake world we tend to be consumed by, and he has overcome the real world where brokenness lives, yet authentic relationships are restored. You see, Jesus died on the cross and rose again, and because of that, because Easter is coming, we can take heart. And take heart in this verse means to receive the courage that's already within us to do the hard thing. Because the easy thing is to live in this fake world, right? But the hard yet courageous thing is choosing the real world, choosing authenticity, choosing eye contact, choosing connection. So think about it. Is your phone and social media helping you be more real? And lastly, let's talk about more kind. You know and I know that our phones and social media aren't always kind. Bullying and pressure and shame and comparison and jealousy are evident and real. You know that. But what if we were actually the generation that flipped this script? What if we were the generation that utilized our phones and social media to actually be the kindest place that anyone could find themselves? 1 Corinthians 10, 23 through 24 says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Chaos, we have so many freedoms and choices when it comes to our phones, but can we be the ones who actually use our phones for the good of others? and not just for ourselves. And this can look like something super small, like maybe you choose to use your phone by sending a random text to your mom and just telling her, thanks for being my mom. Yes, do it again. Or maybe it looks like commenting on someone's Instagram, a really encouraging comment. Or maybe it does look like making a TikTok video, but one that's encouraging and uplifting to those around you. So think about it, is your phone and social media helping you be more kind. And friends, just like in any healthy relationship, there have to be healthy boundaries, right? Like I needed a healthy boundary with my Nicholas Sparks book. So if you have answered any of these questions I put up there as no, that your phone is not helping you be kind or present or real, then it's time to actually put up a boundary between you and your phone. It's time to set it down and take a break. 
Because here's the deal. Some of your parents have already put that boundary in place for you, right? They don't let you have your phone at night. They might take away your phone when you feel like, when they feel like it's appropriate. But here's why. It's because they care about you. It's because they care about your relationship with your phone, and they want to help you have a healthy relationship with your phone. And Chaos, I'm right in this with you. Trust me, I'm a big fan of social media, and I feel like I cannot go anywhere without my phone. Phones and social media are not inherently bad. They aren't. But we aren't blind to the pain that they cause, right? Hearing about bullying and porn and nudes and shame and violence make me really exhausted and make me really sad. And I believe it, got, it makes God sad too. But I believe that your generation, that this generation is going to be the generation that doesn't put up with this anymore. That your generation and your friends have the power to have healthy and God-honoring relationships with your phone. And when you have these relationships and your friends see that you have these relationships, you will only become more real and more authentic and more kind and more present with each other and with yourself and with God. And so that's my challenge today, chaos. That we would be people that walk away from our devices only being more present and more real and more kind. And I believe that God will use you and that God will use me to help this world only become more real and more present and more kind. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for each and every person that's in this room. God, I thank you for this next generation who have literally had technology and social media and funds their entire lives, God. And I just have such hope that this will be the generation that does something about this, God. That this will be the generation that doesn't put up with the bullying or the shame or the pornography or the crap or the meanness anymore, God. But this will be the generation that comes to each other in kindness, in respect, in authentic relationships. God, that this would be the generation that would know you so deeply, God, that they would radiate your love to each and every one of their friends they see throughout the day, God. Lord, would you just help us to remember that, man, this is tough. This is hard. Technology is a real present thing in our lives that isn't going away. But Jesus, thank you that most of all, you are our firm foundation. Jesus, you are the one who died on the cross and rose again. You are the one that has already conquered the battles we face with technology. And you are the one that will give us courage to continue to bring kindness and presence and authenticity into this world, Lord. We love you so much, and I'm just so thankful that this is the generation that is going to continue to glorify you. In your holy name, amen.